Welcome to the Nutrition-ish Podcast, real food, mindset, and everything in between. I'm Allie Hobson, a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic mama, and clean beauty advocate. I work as a clinical nutritionist for two healthcare clinics here in San Diego and run my own business virtually as an NTP supporting women with their health hormones and body balance from a root cause approach. I specialize in gut healing, autoimmune conditions, thyroid, preconception, and pregnancy wellness by rebalancing the body with the nutrients it needs and the mindset it deserves. I'm Chelsea Gross, a certified nutrition and mindset coach. I support women worldwide via virtual coaching and creating a healthy relationship with food in their bodies. I specialize in freedom from dieting and restriction, disordered eating, binge eating, obsession and perfectionism, plus body image, confidence, and self-love. Remember our disclaimer. This podcast is intended to be informative and entertaining and should not replace medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. We're so excited you're here. Let's get to the episode. You're listening to episode 94 of the Nutrition-ish podcast. All right, we are back with another new episode for you guys. This is Allie. I am so excited about this episode. So I'm going to play a little song for you guys, and this is basically what we're going to talk about. (laughs) We're talking about sex. So I have a special guest today. Um, her name is Danielle Della Valley, and Danielle and I met through um, the NTP. And I'm trying to think. I guess so. Probably two years. No, maybe three years ago. Two or three years ago, I think. Probably 20. I think it was 2018. Yeah. 2018 yeah. sounds about right. Um, Danielle is also an author. So not only is she an NTP, and I'll go over kind of her amazing accolades here, but she wrote a book called Happy Weight, and she was a guest um, speaker at the NTP conference, and it was kind of right when I was going through a lot of transitioning with my health and being comfortable in terms of gaining weight, wanting to get pregnant, getting my period back, all these things, and her entire uh, talk, I basically just like cried, like literally cried the entire time. Because it was amazing. <laughs> Probably like so distracting, like in the front row, just being like, oh my God, this is me. No, that's me. I, I, I speak to this. <laughs> and it was all about, you know, her book. I highly, highly recommend it. We'll link it in the show notes, but Um, Her mission is not only about kind of like finding your happy weight and feeling comfortable, but it's really about coming into like your own body. And so I think you can kind of talk more about this, Danielle, but it seems like, you know, maybe from when you started, um, you know, studying and practicing nutrition, it seems like it's might, it might've even evolved a little bit into something into what you're doing now. So Danielle, not like I mentioned, is a certified functional nutritional therapy practitioner. She is the founder and CEO of Your Wellness Academy, co-founder of Wellness Con, author of Happy Weight, and the host of the Vulva Magic podcast. Having worked in the food, beverage, retail, and service industry for the past 20 years, Danielle has had an invaluable experience that greatly contributes to her now profession as an, an FNTP CEO of Yoa, is that how we're saying it? Yoa? Yeah. <laughs> Yoa. And an instructor for the NTP Association itself. So welcome, Danielle. Thank you, Allie. I'm just so grateful to be here. This is so fun. And I'm really excited for this super juicy episode that we're going to talk about today. And yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty amazing because I remember like literally getting off the stage and one of my friends coming up to me and being like, there's someone who really needs to talk to you. And it was you. And here you are just like clearly having been crying for the last hour through my whole talk. And I was just like, my heart just melted in that moment because it's funny because you never know what the other person is thinking. You're having this profound experience. I just ended up having this profound experience. I'm literally having the biggest vulnerability hangover of my entire life, right? Giving my first keynote speech. And here you were the first person that I got to see. And I feel like you made it all worth it. It was like, if Allie had this like, like this explosion of life and energy, I was like, I did my job. I did okay. (laughs) You did. You literally did your job and it was so perfect. And it was, I really think it was that key thing that I needed to push me over the edge, to feel comfortable in my own skin, to feel comfortable with this 
you know, are pushing away the stigma of like, we need to be a certain size, we need to be small and skinny and all the things. And it was really like what I needed to kind of get me over into just like, no, no, we need health and wellness. We need um, vulnerability. You know, we need confidence. That's what we need. And, you know, fast forward, I guess even like, I think it was like literally like six months later, you know, I had that moment where I found out I was pregnant and I was like, you know, I do think back all the time to those things that helped me get to that point. And you were hands down, definitely part of that process. So, oh man, that makes, that gives me all the feels. I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Kisses. <laughs> so in this episode, we're going to talk about basically, you know, kind of what is this, what does this mean to have this sexual energy or what is energy medicine? And the reason I wanted to talk about this with Danielle was we, you know, met up at the last NTP conference, which was just a few months ago. And I said, would love to have you on the podcast. Like, what should we talk about? And I feel like you were like sex. And I was like, yes, let's do that. <laughs> we have not talked about that on the podcast. We have not talked about, you know, too many things in terms of like uh, sexual medicine, female, and I mean, we talk about female empowerment, but this is kind of a different Thing. So just a little bit back of a background too on Danielle's own podcast called Vulva Magic. Um, it's dedicated to educating women on all things vulva, sexuality, and spirituality. So that's kind of the twist we're going to take. And then also when Danielle and I were chatting, she had said, yeah, I'd really love to talk about actually hormone balancing via this sexual energy and medicine. And I'm like, tell me what? <laughs> how, do, how do you do that? <laughs> I'm sure like no one would not be like, no, I don't want to know that. Like, of course, I think that's something that we all are interested in learning about. So maybe if you want to give us just like a little bit of a background, like how did you get into this form of wellness and energy? Yeah, I think, you know, like everybody, it's a long journey for all of us. And, you know, there probably is that tiny 0. 0.000 point percentage of, of women out there that were raised in beautiful environments with mothers that talked about sex and bodies and spirituality and, and all of those. But for the majority of the people, you know, I grew up Catholic, so there was a lot of slut shaming and things that happened in my house and we didn't talk about sex and, or bodies. And, you know, so no one ever talked to me about what was happening to my body or anything like that. So it was always a lonely experience. And I always had really painful periods. There was always weird stuff around sex. And so it was, it was my own journey and my own self-discovery and just really trying to be like, I always had this feeling that what was being taught was wrong. I was like, this just isn't right. This doesn't seem right. I don't believe that we should not like everybody. I feel like everybody should be accepted. I was just always this ball of love and didn't believe that, you know, the answers that were put out there, which clearly I grew up and realized that it was subliminal programming through the patriarchy. So I woke up one day and I was like, okay, I'm really healthy, but I still have painful periods. So let's discover this. Let's try and figure out what this is. And I wrote a little bit about it in happy weight because I talked about being comfortable with your body and linking it to your sexuality. But then after happy weight, I decided to take it even deeper. And I went on my own spiritual journey with understanding energy medicine, having had Reiki done, you know, for other things, I was having some mental health stuff back in the day. And that was kind of my first toe in. And then I woke up to this whole world of realizing that energy medicine is a huge part of our health and especially our hormones. Because if we, we know placebo works, it can change our cells. It can change the structure of everything that's happening inside of our body. We hear about spontaneous healing all the time. But I was like, let me go down this rabbit hole and find out what I can see, you know, for my own self. And I ended up discovering that you can completely change everything in your body, including your hormones, including your cycles through this energy medicine. And for me, it was through my sexuality and my power. And so I decided to explore it. And now I've seen free periods and it's, kind of amazing. <laughs> That's very amazing. Cause I know so many women struggle with that. I mean, it's not uncommon at all. And like you said, you can do all the things and you know, maybe it's a 
you know, conjunction of all the things and this energy medicine. And I always feel like the mental component is the part that's the hardest. And it's always the part that's kind of like, if you don't have that, then no supplements, no food, no nutrition advice that I'm going to give you is necessarily going to help or, you know, get you to where you need to be if your mind isn't on that same train, right? Absolutely. And then I, I kind of discovered, I heard, um, and this is something that a lot of people don't really talk about because they say that, oh, there's only one path to healing, but there's actually eight pillars of wellness. And that's when I was like, oh, dang. Okay. So we actually have to practice every aspect of wellness in order to feel that connectivity, in order to feel that space where we can get back to homeostasis and we can be able to almost manipulate ourselves in a way where they can start to feel freer themselves and to help to really connect everything else in your body. So it's, it's been an incredible journey and I try and share it as much as I possibly can through all of the different outlets um, that I've created, but it's just, it's really important. And I think we're not talking enough about how sex and sexuality and reconciling our sexuality can change our hormones. Yeah. Okay. So this is maybe a two-part question. Can you give some examples of what those eight pillars of wellness are? And then yeah, I'll ask absolutely. The question. Yeah. It's, it's the thing is like, so food is going to be one of them, of course, you know, what you put in your environment is going to be another community is really important. We've got mental health. Then there's going to be, um, of course, like the energetic aspect that I'm talking about, even when it comes down to the dwelling that you live in. So all of it's, it's pretty much every single thing. Finance is another, everything that you can think of that can have wellness attached to it is going to be an important piece to discover because I went through the NTA program thinking it was just food and environment that was going to heal me. But then once I reconciled my issues with money, I, I got healthier. Once I reconciled issues with my personal feminine power and sexuality, I got even better. Once I reconciled the issues that I had with patriarchy and my spirituality, things got even better. You know, it was like all of these different layers, even organizing my home and, you know, cleaning out things I didn't need anymore. It was it was incredible how every single pillar affected me and, and myself, you know, on that deep level that we were talking about. So it's not just about food and supplements. It, it's everything we do in our life. Yeah. I think the, the cleaning and the clutter is something maybe that people are hopefully diving into right now. If you've got some extra time on your hands and you are in your environment and we're stuck in our environment, I think it's like, we went through all of our kitchen stuff recently and I'm, I'm not like someone that doesn't like to let go of things, but I hold sentimental value to everything, no matter what it is. And I get that from my mom. Like if you go to my parents' house, like they, I mean, you walk into my room and it's literally the same. It's like, I slept there last night, like nothing has changed. And that's maybe a little bit different, but that's how their whole house is. It's like everything <laughs> is special for some reason because of this, because we got it when this happened and I saw it here. And my husband's looking at me, he's like, do you really need seven pug salt shakers? I'm like, he's like, you don't even use them because I use my Redmond sea salt, like right out of the thing. And I was like, well, I mean, yeah, I do need them. He's like, why? And I was like, I don't know. I just do. <laughs> and then I came back. I was like, you know, doing something else or cleaning and he didn't throw them away. He just took them out and he like literally just like put them in a hiding spot. And I didn't notice for probably like three days. <laughs> and then I was like, Oh, where'd you put all my pugs? <laughs> and for those of you who like know me, probably it's like, yes, I am like a pug person obsessed with pugs clearly. And I just didn't even notice they were gone. And I felt so much better actually. And I was like, you know what, don't bring them back. Like, you know, you can give them away or whatever, toss them. I don't even care what happens to them. But now that they're not in my kitchen, I actually feel like a weight that is lifted off of me because it was just clutter. You know, it's like so interesting how that it's like this heavy burden. It's like we have the symptom burden graph that we use for, yes. you know, the NTP. Yeah. And I feel like all the things that are taking up space and energy in your life that you don't need to is this like heavy, heavy burden on your shoulders and your body. A hundred percent. And that, that bleeds into every aspect of our life, especially when it comes back to sexuality and sexual power. People don't realize that the narratives that they've been taught are, those were narratives that were taught by somebody else that has informational bias, right? 
So they have a bias that was taught to them by a specific generation or a specific religious affiliation. And so we have these like, it's like you said, you, you have these things taking up clutter in your life. Well, people have information bias clutter stuck inside of them and stuck inside of their person and their sexuality. And we're just full of clutter you know, and being able to work through those things through, you know, checking out all these different aspects of wellness and removing these narratives or removing these triggers or these ties or all of these things that we attach emotion to and trying to find clarity. That's, that's where we find wellness. So even hiding your pugs, that's like an aspect of your wellness, you know, because know. It's, there's an attachment theory there, right? So if we, we have attachment to a lot of different things for different various reasons, then it's about learning to, to kind of like plug into that detachment. Yeah. So when we're talking about like sexual energy and connection um, and healing, are you talking about sexuality with a partner, with yourself? Like give us some of the juicy details of what exactly like this means exactly. Yeah. So there's, it's interesting because you'd think sex is just sex, but healing with yourself so healing through masturbation is totally different than healing with a partner because we can use partners to hide behind things in our sexuality so we could be the person that's never let our partner see us naked or we only can have sex with the lights off or we can only do these certain things so we can we can hide behind the partner when we're healing through masturbation we are raw, we are exposed, we are connecting to ourselves, we're trying to find what it is that works for us, what feels good, what brings us pleasure, and also working through the feelings of being, you know, against pleasure, because feelings are going to come up, right? Even people listening to this episode are going to feel uncomfortable, this is a lot, this is too much, I feel exposed. It's, it's about experience, it's that very much that immersion therapy of exposing yourself to yourself and trying to find out exactly how am I feeling? How can I work through this? What's going on? And every different thing that we work through, we get to this space where we start to open up. We start to relax. We start to detach from those old narratives and we start to heal. And it's through repetition and learning what works for you and doing it in your own way. Because of course, there's people out there that are going to proselytize that there's only one way to do it, but it's about finding your best way because everybody likes different things with sex and we're not exploring that. We're not exploring those different things. And then when it comes to healing with a partner, that's different. We're healing serious stuff on that level. We're healing relationships that we've had with previous partners. We're healing maybe even epigenetic trauma and relationships. We're healing all of these different things when it's one-on-one -on -one with a partner and you're able to fully let go, fully release, enter that space where you're actually having a uh, cervical orgasm, which is what they say is like the gate to God because a cervical orga orgasm like has this full body release it's the most amazing feeling of pleasure that any uh, person that has a cervix can experience. And so there's, there's healing in, in both aspects for sure. They're just on different levels. Got it. So do you think it's important to heal with yourself and explore your own sexuality, maybe even before exploring something with a partner or somebody else? Hands down, because you need to know what you like before you can express it to the other person. And communication is key. We need to be able to get to a place where we can tell our partner exactly what we want. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. So for someone who is in that space of like, okay, we're talking about masturbation. This is very uncomfortable for me. I'm in my, maybe you're not in your car at the moment, but you're sitting in your house with your iPads, iPod or whatever walking. And you're like, okay, why, why does this, make me feel uncomfortable. Like, I think that's something too. It's like, if this conversation makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable, is that a sign to where you might say, Hey, I didn't even realize I was really uncomfortable with this, but now I feel like I want to dig into the why and why do you think that people are kind of like, you know, not talking about this as much? Yeah, absolutely. If you are uncomfortable then triggers are your teachers, that's 100%. That's shadow work coming up. When we feel uncomfortable, when something makes us uncomfortable, when it challenges our ideal, it's a mirror of the things that we are not paying attention to. So that should be your primary focus. 
And beyond that, it's about just investigating where it comes from. And everyone's different. You know, some people have serious things around sex. You know, they were shamed or they grew up in an environment where they were taught that women don't do that or women aren't sexual or, you know, all these things. But the, the funny thing is, is women are actually inherently more sexual than men are. And that's something that we don't talk about. That's something that's statistically never spoken about. Female sexuality is highly under-researched. And women are significantly more sexual because our we don't reach our sexual peak until our 30s. And it lasts for several decades. And the male sexual peak is only from teenage years to late 20s. So we experience sexual freedom for a majority of our life. And so that's the thing it's not spoken about, it's not talked about. So we have these narratives of suppression that are happening. And so that's why most people are uncomfortable is because their mom told them that it was bad. Their dad told them it was bad. It was reinforced at church or school and, you know, or friends. And it was never something that was supported. And sex is natural. It's 100% natural. It is primal. It is wired in the most primal part of our brain. It is in the same part of our brain that experiences fight or flight. So it is part of the reptilian aspect of like who we are as humans. And if we cannot express the most primal aspect of our being, then we are hindering ourselves from truly living or, or knowing what it is like to be human. Mm-hmm. So getting kind of into that, I guess, is a good segue, maybe like scientifically, how you were saying it's this part of the brain, it's, you know, we're wired to do this. What is the actual maybe mechanism? And maybe this goes back to even more orgasm and like what's happening there. It's this like intense release of oxytocin, right? So is it the oxytocin that is kind of giving us this superpower or like break it down maybe on like a scientific level for us? how sexual healing and medicine and, you know, sexual energy is actually kind of like healing the body. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we know, we've all heard that uh, humans can't exist without touch. So that, that is an inherent part of like, they've, they've done studies on babies, you know, they've been able to, to show and prove that touch is, is just a part of what keeps us alive. And it is very vital to our mental health. So what, so you're talking about oxytocin, oxytocin is the chemical that is released it's called the cuddle hormone, right? So when we are touched, when we're cuddled, when we feel that connection, that connectivity, that connectivity, we, we express oxytocin. Same through breastfeeding, which is a beautiful connection as well through mother and child. And then through orgasm is also when we experience that expression of oxytocin. It is one of the most powerful hormones in the body. It, it relaxes the nervous system. It brings us fully into awareness. It connects us fully to to all of our sensory mechanisms, and we're able to feel our body in a different way that we never thought was possible. It's very spiritual, and that's the aspect of of you know sex medicine feeling spiritual is that it is because this super ultra powerful hormone that our body is meant to release is accessible through orgasm. And the funny thing is, is that the male orgasm is designed for biological need. So they're designed to spread their seed and and procreate. There is actually no reason for, for procreation for a woman to have an orgasm. So the orgasm is literally built for female pleasure only. And not only that, but we have three separate points of orgasm through the clitoris, through the G-spot and through the cervix. So not only are we just built for pleasure, but we have these three ultra touch points. You know, there's 4,000 nerve endings on the clitoris and it wraps all the way around. If we're thinking about female anatomy, the the clitoris is, is quite large once it goes inside the female body. And so we have all of these beautiful aspects to our vulva and our female anatomy that is just literally built to release this hormone. And so that's the thing is that if we know that, if we know that it's this scientific fact that we are built for pleasure, women should be out there touching themselves all the time. (laughs) (laughs) The world should be a better place. (laughs) I mean, honestly, my life is better. I mean, I, I masturbate several times a week and I feel like my life is significantly better because of it. 
<laughs> well, let's talk about that. So going back to like where to even start, like if you are someone who doesn't kind of partake in this type of exercise personally, what would you be, what would you say would be like the very first place to start? Or like, how do you, I mean, if you're someone who doesn't really know, like even, you know, where the clitoris is located, where the G-spot is located, like what's your, you know, step-by-step, -step, let's go here first <laughs> advice. Yeah. So there is this amazing website called OMG Yes. And it is, it was a, an experiment for people to be able to see what their anatomy looks like based on, on actual bodies. Because a lot of people, their first touch point is either through media or pornography, and they don't have access to what real bodies look like. So OMGS was specifically designed and there's, you know, all of these thousands of contributors worldwide that are showing their anatomy and showing different pleasure points that work for them to show females that every part of your body can be a different pleasure point for you. So if you're interested in just like learning about masturbation and learning about your anatomy, that's the best website to go to. But if you want to learn even more about reconciling your sexuality or even thinking about tantra and sexuality, Layla Martin and Evian Whitney are my two favorite sex advocates that, you know, are totally removing the stigma that are talking about sexuality and bodies and, and how to bring those things together. Evian Whitney is a sexuality doula and Layla Martin is the founder of the Tantra University. So they're, they're very out there, very powerful, and it's just amazing, substantial information. But for me personally, since I'm not like out there touting that I am the expert in all things, it's just worked for me personally, I would say do the shadow work like we were talking about. If this conversation makes you uncomfortable, unpack that first. That's the first step, is get to the emotional root of the issue and why you feel like it's weird to touch yourself. Okay, perfect. Well, we'll link those in the show notes. So um, that's interesting. I was just thinking about the doula, Evian Whitney, you said is the doula? Yeah, yeah. And so is she one of the doulas that helps you even like have an orgasm during labor? Is that kind of what she teaches or, cause I know that's possible. And I've watched videos of these women having orgasms during natural labor. I'm very jealous. I do not, that was not me during my natural labor effort. <laughs> I really wish that it was because it looked fabulous when I watched some YouTube videos about it. But maybe, yeah, do you know anything about kind of that, I guess, aspect of having these orgasmic labor? And like, I mean, I can see there's such an emotional connection, obviously, of like what you're going through. And when you start the laboring process, you have this cascade of hormones, you know, that kind of like you know, flows throughout your entire body. Um, but yeah, if you have any information, I'm kind of curious in that world. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think so. Evian Whitney specifically is a, um, she uses the word doula, but when a lot of people think about doulas, they think about birthing doulas, but there's mm -hmm. doulas in all aspects. Like I'm a death doula. So I help people prepare for their last rites. And then of course they're passing into the next place. And as a sexuality doula, she basically helps to usher people into their sexuality. So it's very much like a birth doula helps people to bring life into the world. But as far as an orgasmic birth, it is possible. It's very hard to predict, obviously, because every birth is so different. And even if like yourself, if you were someone who prepared to the nth degree for, you know, your perfect birth and it's, it, you know, it, it ends up, you know, being painful and it, it's hard to predict. It's one of those things where to be able to say that you are going to have ultimate release and freedom and be able to be in that emotional space where nipple play and orgasm is possible for you to have an orgasm while you give birth, it's going to be a small percentage. It's possible. So if you yeah. guys are, you know, currently pregnant and you want to have an orgasmic birth, it is possible, but, uh, don't always bank that it's going to happen for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that the percentage of people that can make that happen, I would assume would be more like home birth type of situations where you're in your own environment. You're very comfortable. I went the route of natural birth and I mean, I feel very, very lucky. We had, you know, 
very little complications. I was able to kind of have this beautiful, beautiful labor pretty much exactly the way that I wanted it, but I was in a hospital setting. I did learn about myself that I am very, I don't, I don't like white coat syndrome prone. So like, I don't like hospital settings. I don't like going to the doctor's office, even working in a doctor's office as their nutritionist. Like sometimes that makes me uncomfortable just seeing like, you know, giant things of, you know, gloves and latex and cotton swabs make me like, I don't know. I just don't like it. So I think that you have to definitely have your setting be, you know, a very, very intimate, you know, candles lit, like beautiful kind of setting to get into that mind space. But that would be cool. If you're, if you're someone out there that had one, please message me. I want to hear about it. (laughs) Yeah, that would be, I would, that would be incredible. I'd love We'll have you on the podcast for an interview. Uh, okay. So getting back to kind of like this balancing hormones aspect of, and we're talking about this now, as we've kind of gotten into the conversation, we're talking about hormone balancing right through masturbation. Is that accurate to say? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's one of those things where, so a lot of people will masturbate to relieve period cramps because when we think about cramping, it is, you know, of course it is the uterus specifically that's contracting because we're shedding the lining but it doesn't always, it can still contract without pain. The, the pain response is going to be, you know, connected to the brain. And of course, we're, if we're talking about spirituality and, and healing, you know, our sexuality and all of those things, if we masturbate, especially while we're cycling, we can start to bring those hormones and that mental space into our cycle. And so that's, that's where that healing comes from, is about accepting every aspect of your womanhood, accepting that you bleed, accepting that, you know, your body changes for whatever reason, accepting your raw primal sexuality and experiencing your sexuality while you're on your cycle as well. And that can be hard for someone who has endo or, you know, has all maybe even um, PCOS where they, they experience significant pain while they're on their cycles. But if you follow, um, there's, there's quite a few people out there uh, that say that specifically the root of disease is in our emotional trauma. And if we think about our womb, it is in, located where the root chakra is located. And those are all emotions that are connected to personal power, to your femininity, to uh, your uh, financial capability, to who, who you are as a person, your essence is connected in your root. That's why the root chakra is red. It's all about power, female power, femininity. So if we haven't reconciled those aspects of ourselves, that's where a lot of experts, um, they're even oncologists that say that this is the root of where these cells grow and where this disease begins. So if we can start through masturbation and through that shadow work, like I was talking about, we can get to this place where we start to relax the lining of the uterus. We can start to relax the tissues that are involved and we can start to get to this space where we're releasing positive hormones and we're, we're kind of switching and reverberating the, the mental um, kind of like thing that we have created there. So if we, if we have created they say that sometimes when we have a significant trauma or a trigger or even because people can think of trauma as something needing to be really intense. It doesn't need to be. Trauma can be on any level for any person. But when it roots in that part of the brain where sexuality and fight or flight are connected, we have to rewire the brain. So if we only think about our cycles and we only think about all of our hormonal imbalances as a negative and it's all negative, we're going to reinforce that idea. We're going to reinforce that aspect in that part of our brain. But if we take our cycles and we take our hormone imbalances and we try and rewire that aspect through pleasure and through our sexuality, we can start to find a new path and start to change the cycle. We can start to change the way that the cells react. We can start to change the way that we react and then everything starts to flow. I ended up aspect of um, when I used to, I used to have debilitating flying anxiety and I used masturbation and um, pleasure to try and get through that. So when I was having a panic attack on the plane, I would excuse myself to the bathroom and I would go masturbate in the bathroom on the plane 
and it would immediately reset my brain. And because I had this oxytocin, and of course I was doing some sort of sensory play that was changing how I was responding to this, this significant, you know, anxiety driven state, my brain waves would completely change. And then I would be able to go back to my seat and I would be able to get through the flight. So it's about that. If you think about your, your, your period and your hormones as this like terrible thing, it's always going to be terrible. But if you start to experience pleasure and change your mindset, then we can have hope that that will start to reset. Yeah. So this is also probably in turn, when you're producing more of these happy pleasure hormones, you're probably also reducing you know, some of that cortisol or stress hormone, you know, relaxing the body, reducing inflammation. So from a functional space and kind of more anatomy, I guess you could say, right, you're kind of increasing the good, decreasing the bad at the same time, which would only make sense that things would get better. Exactly. And that's the thing is like, people always put sexuality and pleasure in this taboo, you know, space, but sex is science too. You know, it, it, it's a part of our anatomy. It's a part of how we function. So if we remove the stigma and start talking about it more like this, just regular, like we all do it, it wouldn't be so weird for everybody. Yeah. I mean, that's how I have to think about I am a true questioner to like a T, you know, it's like, you want me to masturbate for my health because it's going to do all these things from a scientific level? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I, I get that now. I can see how this makes sense. So, like, if you're a questioner, I always kind of talk about her. But we've um, mentioned Gretchen Rubin before. She has all these, you know, four tendencies that she refers to. Whether you're a questioner, a rebel, an upholder, or an obliger, and I am, you know, definitely a questioner because I want to know how something works, why it works, and if I'm on board and I understand it, then you know game on world is my oyster. Like I'll do anything probably if I understand and stand behind it. <laughs> yes. I will masturbate in the name of science. <laughs> yeah. On a plane because that's going to help me on a boat, on a, on a train, on a plane. I, yeah, at least I excuse myself to the bathroom. I've seen many videos of people doing it in public, but wow. I choose not to do that. So I'd like to, you know, keep it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, I think that would probably be recommended. <laughs> Um, okay. So questions kind of, I guess, about, um, like how to like a self self-help, how to perspective or approach. Um, what are some of the things that you find to be helpful in terms of like, I don't know uh, where you are, I guess, environment, um, being alone, being in a dark place, being in a light place, having toys. I know there's like a lot of different apparatuses and things that you can kind of partake in mindset practices, like, Give us a download on all your favorites and most helpful things. Absolutely. I think, you know, if I think back, I started masturbating really young. Um, I just love pleasure. I'm, I'm physical touch is my number one love language. It takes, it literally takes up out of the five love languages, physical touch for me takes up 75%. So <laughs> I'm just like, I love massages. I love, you know, all the things, getting my hair done. I, I love like being touched. That's really important to me. So masturbation was always something for me that I really enjoyed because I knew that there was, there was going to be an aspect of pleasure and just in touch involved, but that may not be the case for everybody. So I really want to preface this and say that every single person is going to be different. And what might be my perfect setting, which is literally like after I get out of the shower and I'm all oiled up, that's like my favorite. I'm like, oh my God, I'm naked and I'm all smooth. And I just want to, I just want to play with myself. But for some people you may need, you know, very specific environment. And it's important to be able to explore that because some people need it to be completely dark and then they, they do need a toy. I don't need toys because I really like being able to get myself there with my hands. Um, but some people may need pressure or they may need vibration. And some people love double penetration. I mean, I have friends that absolutely love anal play with clitoral stimulation and that is completely normal. And so there's so many different amazing toys out there that are, and Shebop is my favorite uh, sex shop. It is a female friendly sex boutique in Portland, Oregon. 
and it's wonderful because they create beautiful toys that are not going to be kind of like anti-feminist, you know, the ones that we knew about from bachelorette parties growing up that were, you know, <laughs> not necessarily the most aesthetically pleasing, um, but they have a really amazing place and all these wonderful resources that help people. But it's really about finding out what is your perfect environment? You know, finding out what is your love language? Do you, are you the type of person that acts of service is your love language? If it is, clean your house. That might get you in the mood. If, you know, words of affirmation are your love language, watch a bunch of YouTube videos about someone telling you how amazing and wonderful and beautiful you are. And that might get you in the mood. You know, it's about finding your perfect setting and creating it and making your masturbatory efforts ritualistic. So just like anything else, like your morning cup of coffee is ritualistic. Your, the way that you might shower, do your makeup is ritualistic. The way you do different things or aspects in your life, why can't your sexuality and your sexual healing be a ritual for you as well? And that's how I like to look at it. It is, it is a medicine for me. So I'm going to get my vitamin O and I'm going to take it multiple times <laughs> a week and I'm going to take it in my perfect environment. So I'm uninhibited and I'm able to express it. So it's really, yeah, about finding your perfect spot and just making it happen. Cool. Okay. Question on how long did this take your, like your process? So you said you had painful periods for however long, how long was that? I guess, do you think of your life? Gosh, I had painful periods probably let's say for 33 years. Okay. And then after starting, well, no, okay. I started my period when I was 13. <laughs> I'm not that old. Hold on. 20 years. I had painful periods for 20 years. Okay. That's fair. Um, <laughs> I was like, that's a very long time. I was like, wait, how old am I? I forgot this. Yeah. Corona vibes. How old am I? I know. I know. Um, and then how long did you think it took for your body to kind of adapt and totally just accept and relax and have your hormones be balanced without having painful periods after starting this masturbation therapy? That's what I'm going to call it. I don't know what <laughs> yeah. Masturbation therapy. Dude, that's amazing. Okay. So, um, <laughs> Let's see. I graduated the NTA when I was 28. So my pursuit of healing my body started then because that's the first time when I, I cut um, grains out, you know, I cut a lot of dairy out. I changed the foods in my life. And then of course I removed toxins from my environment. So we went toxin free. So I would say it's probably taken me because I'll be 36 this year. It's probably like an eight year process but that's because I was on my own. Right. I didn't have anybody telling me how to do these things. I was literally going through it all by myself. So I did the food. I did the environment. I cut toxic people out of my life. I organized my house, my finances, my mental health, you know, relationships I had with people and then reconciled my spirituality, my sexuality. So I really connected all eight pillars of wellness and went really hardcore the last two years with this very like root chakra spiritual, sexual healing. And yeah, it just, one day I woke up and I was like, I didn't even know I was getting my period and it happened and I felt no pain. And I was like, Whoa. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. So for, for someone who maybe isn't on the flip side of those, we have all the women who have painful periods. And then of course we have the section of women that are maybe not having a period at all. I've also heard a lot about, and I think Christina Rice kind of talks about this a little bit, but encouraging you to actually use your sexuality in a way to bring your period back, to almost bring your hormones back into play, assuming we've, of course, addressed the other foundational things, eating enough calories, not overworking out, having you know your thyroid checked, all the other things. If everything seems to be like, hey, what the heck's still going on? Would this also be something that you could use to help with amenorrhea? Yes. If you suffer from amenorrhea, hypothalamic amenorrhea, for whatever reason, this is another aspect of that. Because when I've seen people heal on their HA journey, even after food and even after all the things that they've done, it's almost like that moment where they fully connected to themselves that their cycle came back. It's like, and I, I'm sure you, you can say that this happened for you too. Mm -hmm. It's just like, 
this thing that happens where it's like, oh yeah, I can, I fully connected to myself and my power. And that's when I got my period. Yeah, that's interesting. I think that's what it was for me was this moment, not through masturbation therapy, but it was mostly for me like acceptance. You know, like I had this mental breakthrough of acceptance to where all of a sudden I was just like in alignment with everything that I wanted and that my body wanted. And it kind of was like, I think that was the the final layer for me. So I can see how this is in that same exact way, you know, acceptance of you know, your body and, you know, just, it's like, if you don't, I mean, I hate to say this, but if you don't use it, you lose it. Like, I think there is something to that. It's like, if you don't, your body is like a muscle, you know, it's like the more you work it, the stronger it's going to be in certain aspects. And so, you know, firing up your pituitary, firing up your, your hormones to be active, I think is important. Right. Absolutely. And, and this is the thing is like, this is, this isn't a new science but it's been put in the world of pseudoscience for a long time. And that's the part that's really frustrating is that for thousands of years in, in Hindu culture, and they're talking about Tantra and they're talking about chakras, like that, that's existed for a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. And, and, and even when we're talking about yoga and we're getting deeper into the power healing of like opening your hips and fully connecting to yourself and, and, you know, reaching Kundalini and your Nirvana, like the spiritual aspect of our bodies is essential for healing and getting that power back and getting that connectivity and having that aha moment of really connecting to yourself. Like this isn't new information on the path of wellness. I just think that the ancestral health community for so long was so hyper-focused on food and supplementation that they forgot that there is this whole other, you know, aspect that we need that's foundational. And I think, you know, it's funny because as a nutritional therapist and somebody who teaches for the NTA, of course I'm pro food, but I am like beyond pro spirituality and energy medicine now because I've, I've seen it happen. I've seen Annie Hopper do it with the dynamic neural retraining system. I've seen so many other people with amygdalic rewiring. I've seen so many people with spontaneous healing. It's just pretty wild what can happen when we find that full strength of self. Mm -hmm. I think this would also be an interesting area, just kind of like thinking in terms of at least my world and where a lot of my kind of like friends are right now is I have a lot of mom friends. And I think something that happens after giving birth or after having a child is that you're just so kind of like needed and depleted a lot, whether you're breastfeeding or in my case, pumping around the clock and just you're you're caring for someone else. It's like your body is not yours anymore. And I think women go through, you know, at least kind of what I've experienced, I think is it's like, you just don't really want to be touched all the time, you know, because you are constantly being touched and you, your, your adrenals are taxed and you've given everything. It's like, you know, sometimes I have these days where I tried to explain it to my husband where I was like, I was so upset about something that like, you know, didn't happen the right way. Like, you know, he was eating really, really great. And then he like hated this next food. And I spent an hour like prepping it and whatever. And I was just like, you know, you get so caught up in these things, but I was like, I don't even have any energy to cry about it. Like, I didn't know where to put my energy. It was like this really weird, like stagnation, like stuck feeling. And I was like, and the way that I usually kind of get through these things is I go for a run or I do yoga or like I, you know, I just have to like physically move. Um, But I think this would be an interesting way to kind of use like touch therapy and maybe even masturbation therapy, you know, when a woman actually feels comfortable with kind of like getting back into, you know, feeling physically active or having sex with their partner. I think that's another thing that always takes the backseat as a new mom is you're just like, oh my God, like the first thing I'm going to do is go to bed because like no energy time for sex, like, (laughs) you know, so what do you think? And is this kind of something that you could see like either helping or is this something that people are talking about in this arena at all? I think a lot of, I think the whole group of, of moms are not talking about self-pleasure and they're not talking about masturbation. They're not talking about sensory play. And that's the thing that I think all moms need, especially Mm -hmm. when you're breastfeeding, because before we have children, 
a lot of women, their nipples are one of their first touch points for pleasure. And then when you start to breastfeed it, you can gain that back eventually, but in that moment, that's not going to be pleasurable for you. That's not going to be your touch point. So we have to find new touch points for pleasure. And that's why sensory play is so amazing. First off, moms definitely, and I'm not going to say you need to do something, but I would like to see more moms take moments for themselves where they're removed from the environment where they are needed, over needed, and go to a place wherever that is. If you have a she shed or you have, you know, whatever. I you want have a she a, shed. <laughs> a she shed, a closet, a, a bathroom, like wherever you know that like you can tell your spouse, I, I need some time to myself and remove yourself. And be able to, you have to first, because sexuality is emotional for women. And so we have to clear our mind space. And however you do that, listen to binaural beats to change the sound waves in your brain or get into, you know, warm water or whatever it is that can change your perception of what's happening around you. Because we have to, we have to switch the brain into a parasympathetic state in order to experience pleasure. Because we're in sympathetic dominance, our cortisol is firing, it's very difficult to get into that place. So whatever you can do to remove yourself, get yourself relaxed, and then get into that place. Because when you're saying that you're overneeded and your body's being touched and you don't want to touch, use sensory play. And sensory play is touching, touching other things on your body. Give yourself a foot massage. Give yourself a scalp massage. Rub the parts of your hands that you feel haven't been touched in a long time. Rub, you know, your, your inner thighs or start rubbing your hips or start rubbing, you know, your shoulders or different parts of your body that bring you release and bring you pleasure. Warm water is amazing. Putting Epsom salts in your bath is amazing. Just really getting yourself to a space or even using a scent therapy as well that is really titillating for you. And trying to get yourself into that space where you feel like you can tone everything down. You can touch yourself in ways that feel comfortable. And then we can start to get into that space of experiencing pleasure. And I think that moms should be masturbating as much as possible because you are the ones that are not being feeded as much as you need to be feeded. Like your souls need to be replenished more consistently than anybody else on the planet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that approach to think that it's not just about going straight to the end game. You know, maybe the masturbation therapy is in your future, but at the point where you're at, maybe just taking a bath, you know, just like forcing yourself to be like, no, I need this time <laughs> and giving yourself the hand massages. Like, yes, I am all about that. That's helpful. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause sex with a partner when you're a mom can just be really exhausting. Yeah. Yeah, I feel, and it's just like you're so, you get in this natural state of giving to others because you've been trying to keep another human alive. You just, your entire self just kind of takes a back seat. And it's like, you know, that's kind of what I think when you were talking about the difference between men and women is men have this pleasure seeking, you know, drive, but then they seek the pleasure and they're kind of like, okay, moving on. Like women seek the pleasure for a specific procreation for like an experience not like to fill a need per se you know like I think that is kind of you know just our anatomy really yeah well and also too if your partner isn't warming you up and going down on you before they penetrate you then it's time to reconfigure what your partner is doing and communicate to them that they should be worshiping you before before they get their nut mm, worship okay so yeah, let's talk about that real quick and then we can kind of wrap this up because I do want to finish with hearing more about the Wellness Academy. Um, but when we're talking about partners and say that you've kind of established this really amazing foundation with your yourself and you feel good with that and you're kind of ready to explore things and maybe, I don't know, spice things up or try something new. Uh, is this something too that you would also recommend saying like, you know, to your partner, hey, this is something that I've been personally doing. Like, I want to share that with you. Or because I could kind of see there being this like, okay, I don't want to hide this from my partner that I am, you know, being more intimate with myself, but how do you kind of bridge the gap to where it's like, this is me, this is you, but then we have this together. 
Yeah, you should never hide anything from your partner because communication is one of the number one killers of, of a relationship. So you should always communicate. You don't have to be like, hey, I'm going to go masturbate now. But, you know, <laughs> at least at least be communicating with your partner the things that you're doing to take care of yourself and inviting them to be a part of that with you as well is also equally important because the thing is, is that especially if you're a new parent, new parents can forget that they're a couple. You know, they can forget that intimacy is important and you don't need to have sex six times a week to be a successful partnership. It's about reaching that level of intimacy where you feel seen and you feel heard and you feel accepted. So inviting your partner to be intimate with you and explore your sexuality and talk about sexuality, that's very important. As primal beings, it's, it's, it's significantly important for us to be able to connect on that level. My favorite app right now and I'm not, not sponsored clearly, but my favorite app right now is called lasting and it is the perfect app for couples. It talks about everything. It talks about sexuality. It talks about communication. It, it literally goes into every aspect of what you and your partner need. And it's, it's really amazing. It's really amazing. And the sex, the sex aspect of that app is really incredible because you can talk about different things that you may not have felt comfortable about before. And kink is one of the number one things that couples don't typically bring up because they think that their partner is going to think that they're weird. It fills them with anxiety. And we all have kinks. Everybody does. It's just a matter of being able to explore it and find out what you like. And worship play is my kink. I like my husband to make me feel like I'm the only living thing on this planet. I think any woman would love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You live to serve me yes. and my vagina. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Sign him up for all of that. <laughs> all right. Well, this was super fun. I feel like I've learned so much and I took a lot of really good notes. So we're going to share some of these in the show notes um, with all the apps and websites and all of that. But really quick, before we jump off, I wanted you maybe to talk about the wellness Academy that you've created just to give, I mean, you should give the background and the little spiel. I don't need to do that. So tell us about the Wellness Academy, your Wellness yeah, Academy. Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity to talk about it. So the eight pillars of wellness that I was discussing before, I realized, like I had said, it's not something that's being discussed. So I also, having worked in private practice, doing clinic work, you know, trying to see what it's like to be able to be of service to everyone, I realized that wellness can be really inaccessible for a lot of people. So not only are there touch points of information maybe a little too extreme and maybe they can't afford it and maybe we're not talking about, you know, their other facets of wellness. So I actually created a platform called Gear Wellness Academy, which is an online school that you can take anytime from anywhere. And we kind of call ourselves the Netflix of wellness because they're digestible courses, we have 60 courses currently. We're going to have over 200 by September with 30 practitioners that are contributing. And so it's beginner wellness education. It's created and taught by wellness practitioners. It's a subscription-based online program. So it's $9 a month, but we're actually indefinitely as a part of our mission of accessibility, we give a free month trial to everybody. So if you enter my free month at check out you get a free 30 days to try us out and see if you like us and then after that it's only nine dollars a month and you can learn about therapeutic protocols herbalism fertility everything it's a self-help program for anyone who experiences anything digestive issues hormone imbalances fatigue um, it's also designed for those who are interested in educating themselves friends loved ones or even people who are passionate about health and wellness we actually have a huge um list of wellness practitioners that take it for continuing education units because we offer continuing education credits as a part of our academy as well. So it's just a really lovely place uh, with non-judgment where you can learn all aspects of wellness and eventually we will have advanced courses, but right now we're focusing on beginner wellness. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, yeah it sounds like a a podcast on steroids where you're like, Hey, I'm going to go back to nutrition school, but for $10 a month and on my complete on time, and I get to choose what I want to learn. Like 
that's that's awesome. <laughs> exactly. And we just started doing cooking videos. So I'm really, oh, really excited about that. Yeah. That's so, so great. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. Well, Danielle, thank you so, so much for talking about all the sex, sexy things with us. And where can we find more from you? I, I know we mentioned your podcast. We'll list everything, but give us like, how do people get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. I'm just so grateful to you for having me on Ali. Seriously, this was, this was so much fun. Um, but if you want to be able to find me, you can actually, Instagram is the best place to, to find me. And that's Danielle Del Valley NTP on Instagram. And you can send me a DM or you can find my email through there. Um, I'm actually dismantling my website because I'm going to be focusing 100% on your wellness academy. So that's going to be my primary place in existence. It's kind of crazy. I didn't realize I would ever be a CEO of a tech startup, but it's like <laughs> this has slowly taken over my life. And I realized, wow, you actually have to dedicate all of your time to it. Um, but I love it. Definitely. It's been super fun. But if you want to follow me on IG, you totally can, or you can go to wellness, yourwellnessacademy.io and check it out. Perfect. Thank you so, so much more from me. You guys know where to find me at barefoodnutrition.com or on Instagram at barefoodnutrition. Chelsea will be back with us soon. Um, you can find her at nutritionwithchelsea.com or on Instagram at nutritionwithchelsea. And thanks, Danielle, so, so much. We hope you guys really enjoyed this episode at least as much as I did. I thought this was fabulous. Thanks, Ali. This was yeah. so fun. <laughs> See you guys next time.